I'm Kirk Hamilton. I'm Jason Schreier. And I'm Maddie Myers. And you are a worm through time. <laughs> the thunder song distorts you. Happiness comes, white pearls, but yellow and red in the eye. Oh, through God, a mirror, don't do it all. inverted don't is made right. It. Leave your insides uh, by the door. Push uh, the fingers through the surface uh, into the wet. That's the worst the one. That's <laughs> the been, worst one. <laughs> you've always been the new you. I you want this to be creeps. true. You stand around while we dream. You can almost hear our words, but you forget. This happens more and more now. You give us the permission. In all right. Your regulations. All right. We all wait right. in the stains. I think the world that enough. describes this I is redacted. Have had Repeat enough. the word. The name Maddie, of the sound. we should just podcast about it. Should we just talk about Control? What did control? you think about Control, Jason? So I really like liked it? Control. I think it's a really good game. Um, I really enjoy the way that you can play it. Um, the gameplay is really cool. I love the way that the, the combat feels. What did you think? I can't believe Kirk is still going. I'm pretty really impressed like by his commitment to this bit. Control. Well, yeah. one of the things that that we should talk about is the vibe and the way that. Uh, oh yeah, I feel like what's really impressive about Control. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> who is the person who wrote this down? And are they okay? Like, who? Maddie, I want to hear what you thought of the ashtray maze. Oh, should we just skip ahead to that? No, I just I'm just curious about your thoughts on that. Well, we can go more in depth later. I just. I'm curious about your overall thoughts while Kirk is still in. I actually feel like the ashtray maze, if anything, is evidence that this game is for millennials because that song has such a Chris Cornell like vibe to it that it just seems. You want to smile, you want to hurt, you don't want to be. Hi guys, so. So it's time for a beans cast about control. <laughs> it's time for a beans cast about control. Kirk, kick, kick us off. Let's get started. Control. Okay, so um, you are no, stop it. A worm through time. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to do it again. Um, that was that was hard. That was long. Jesus Christ. Um, I've never read that before. That was your vocal training for the day. So we're here to talk about control. This is going to be fun. Um, we're gonna we're gonna let it be kind of loose. Yes, it's the beans cast. All rules. Our rules are out the window. All rules out the window. Crack open a drink. This is a beans cast. Our second beans cast. We're going to be kind of loose. This is for members. This is us letting our hair down and talking about whatever. Yeah. Um, Pull out your bowl. Just get uh, a- as, a, as a, an extra thank you to all of you for, for being members. Uh, we appreciate it. Crack a beer or crack a non-alcoholic beverage. Do whatever yeah, you'd yeah. like. It's Have a beans cast. Tea. Relax. Kick back. Let's talk about Control. Control is a very good video game. Are we going to talk about Control or are we going to talk about talking about Control? So, mm. <laughs> is can you talk about control without talking about talking about control? This is a good game. So Jason and I both finished this game last year. Maddie yes. just recently finished this game. Yesterday. So you you have the freshest <laughs> recollection of it. So I want to go around and for us to each talk about what we think of control. And then we're going to go through the story, talk about the particulars, our favorite moments, what we liked about this game, because I believe that we all like this game. But yeah, Maddie, what did you make of control having just finished it? I thought it was an excellent video game. I enjoyed <laughs> almost everything about it. I would say the list of things I didn't enjoy about it is very short, and we can get to that later. But this game, it is a supernatural game. It is a spooky game. Mm -hmm. It is a third-person action game. You enter a mysterious building in New York City, the Federal Bureau of Control, 
and it's a brutalist architecture display in this game. There's a lot of brutalist architecture. I was telling Jason, but you were monologuing, Kirk, that this oh, okay. is a game that I feel is... is yeah, I, I, don't, I don't remember that the hiss took me over, so I... <laughs> yeah, 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 that, don't worry about it. Um, this is a game that I feel like is designed for millennials because, for a variety of reasons, because it capitalizes so much on technology that like I remember from my childhood like mm-hmm. when my parents had a rotary phone for example and like mm-hmm. it's like this pre-cell phone era and within the game's like supernatural explanation of it it's like oh these other forms of technology don't work here so we have mm-hmm. to use like tube television sets and like really old phones and <laughs> and um those tubes and have Dr. Darling on those uh, TV sets. <laughs> yes, coming at you like a lost, like a lost Dharma Initiative uh, character. Right. Yeah, it does have that kind of lost vibe to it. But but the technology being from this specific like early '90s, I guess is how yes. I would clock it era. But then there's also the the mail tubes, which I don't know if that's like '70s or something. There's sort of a combination of eras. yeah. It's like a healthy mix of stuff because the TVs aren't the TVs are like '60s era TVs. Right, right. Yeah. I guess it's all 60s, but it's just a matter of whether or not your parents still had a tube television or not. But (laughs) I I also... (laughs) Your very specific 90s recollection. I don't know. It's just this game, this game has such a, it is so devoted to evoking a specific mood. And I just love that about this game. Like it, it is, it is committed to its own bit and it just keeps it all the way through. It wants to feel this particular kind of way, not just spooky, but like spooky set in this sort of 1960s technology vibe. And it, I just, it rules. It rules to play a game that is so confident about the tone that it wants to set and the music, the visuals, all of it goes together. And it just, it feels like a complete piece in a way that games rarely feel to me. And that is, that is what I love about it. That was a random hodgepodge of thoughts. What do you guys think about this game? Yeah, So Jason, you and I talked about this game back on split screen when we first played it, though we never did a spoiler cast. So now we can just fully talk about the story, though it's not like super spoilable. We can just talk about it in its entirety, which is nice. A little bit. There's like some secrets that get revealed that I wouldn't have wanted to know. Yes, there are things you learn and part of the fun is the way that it doles out information. In fact, that's kind of the entirety of the experience. But yeah, Jason, what can you kind of sum up your your take on Control for listeners? Like, what do you you like about this game? Yeah, I really, really liked it. Also, I don't think we're going to have a lot of disagreement here because I thought it was one of my, it was one of my favorite games of last year. Um, I really like the vibe, just like you said, Maddie. I really like the art direction. I really like the way it feels to play um the combat i thought i mean sometimes some of the bosses could get a little bullet spongy but um but the comp but like the way that it doles out these abilities and gives you different abilities especially early on it gives you telekinesis and lets you throw objects around which is super fun um the shooting feels really good you have this cool weapon that like does all these cool custom what's it called kirk you remember this what's the name of the weapon again oh the service revolver the service service weapon well it's the service weapon weapon. it can be anything but it had become a revolver for jesse yes yes and and just the con- the lore behind all this stuff is fascinating and like it so rules. weird and out there and quirky and it just feels like like you said it's such a confident game it's such a game that is like we have all this lore and it's super weird but like 
we're sticking with it and you're mm-hmm. gonna love it and it's it works it really works like i can just imagine when i picture the game i just imagine like very specific images like cubes like red cubes moving and like yes. um, the way that like the ui works with the art direction and it just like yeah. is really a coherent like well-designed well-directed experience it's like very clearly like create a vision like everyone was firing on all cylinders like knew exactly what they were making really really enjoyable to play and just the way that you keep unlocking cooler and cooler things i mentioned the telekinesis but like later on you get the ability to fly which is just the best because then you're just zipping around sort of like 75 percent of the way through the game you get the ability to fly and that's when the game just opens up in a whole new way and you become the dark phoenix as it were and yeah exactly and you're just going around shooting um jesse faden (laughs) i think is a really good character really good voice acting really Mm -hmm. beautiful game um jesse faden is like this realistic incredibly looking uh, character um mm-hmm. and uh yeah i just like everything about it i like the side quests um most of them at least i didn't do a ton of them but the ones i did i really liked um everything from like a fridge that turns into a monster when you walk <laughs> yeah. into it to like all these optional little quest uh little little secrets that you can find um the dr darling talking on the tv is incredible and whoever played that actor the fridge is thing well so oh man i want to talk about the actors so let me give you my take the fridge thing <laughs> yeah. though really quick the best thing about the fridge is when you find the guy sitting in front of the fridge and he, ha- oh, he yeah. can't stop looking at it he's like yes. been staring at it for hours and then you have to go do something yeah. and, I know. and he dies he, you're, you're like he's like don't leave me and you're like i'll be right I back yeah. and he's just sitting there staring at the fridge that was one of my favorite like gags or sort of um yeah. sequences and then you come back and he's you know he's like trying and then you you turn your eyes away for one second and the fridge eats him um i thought that mm-hmm. was good it's one of those games that like if you explained it to someone they would have no idea what you're talking about I know. but like you just have to play it <laughs> that gets at something that i like about this game so i love this game i love this game on numerous different levels i love it as a piece unto itself i think it's incredible i think the art direction is incredible i think the music is incredible martin steve anderson yes. is one of the composers on this who like did music for limbo and stuff and is like just totally like the soundscapes, the just pulsing sounds, everything sounds so cool. I love the story. I love Jesse. Like I've been replaying it actually because I started playing the DLC and I'm like not wild about it. I'll talk about that a little later. Mm. It's just not as cool as the main game. And then I've been going back to a replay of the game mm-hmm. and it, the feeling of discovery of this game is kind of the whole experience of the game. As much yeah. as you, the combat is really cool and good and well made, but really the story is just sort of the story of like what is this building I'm in and like yeah. what's yeah, going, what on? Is going on here? there yeah. isn't yeah. like it's like I'm playing this I'm kind of taking breaks from The Last of Us 2 to play Control mm-hmm. and they're so so different where The Last of Us 2 is like I this I know they're both third person action games though <laughs> yeah. both with a female lead True. both science fiction games yep but you should kill a lot of people in both of both them both confidently directed and have a pretty strong vision so it, it really lays out for me actually how unusual Control is not like The Last of Us 2 is a much more standard story where it's like characters, and I'm just picking The Last of Us 2 because I happen to be playing it, but a lot of mm-hmm. stories are this way. Characters have an event happen, and then they set off on a story, and they're like driven by this clear motivation to get to a certain point, and the story is like what happens along the way. Mm-hmm. I don't really see that as being the story of control. So, yes, Jesse is looking for her brother, and that's kind of driving this. And yes, there's a hiss invasion underway, and she's trying to stop it, but really, it's just. 
it's all in the like minutia and then just watching and figuring out what's going on in like what the hell is happening and what's happening is so fascinating and so constantly surprising and cool looking that it's just this experience of like well what's gonna happen next i don't know i guess we're gonna like go to the containment you know ward and like see a whole bunch of crazy shit in cells and like get the sense of all the wild things that happen in this building so i like that about it yeah we forgot to mention that the building i guess if you're listening to this and haven't played it um you should know that the building is like this interdimensional like constantly changing building that like is alive and reacts let me um so i'll talk us through the plot in a second but i do want to say before we get into it that the other axis on which i love this game is i love it as a remedy game specifically and that's as a like lifelong fan of remedy games i played the first max Payne on pc when that came out forever ago and have played every single one of their games ever since then. The only one that I haven't finished is, uh, whatchamacallit, the the not good one, Quantum Break. That's the one that I like. was like, I can't get into this, it's a TV show, I don't want to watch a TV show and play a game, and the game itself was kind of not that great. I've heard people say it's okay, but that I didn't miss much, but that's the only one I haven't played. But there is so much, this game, both because of the way that it works narratively, like what it is, what it's about, like this nexus. It's kind of like the Dark Tower. Like Stephen King's Dark Tower, like winds up branching out to all of his other books because mm-hmm. the Dark Tower is like the center of his imagination. This feels like Remedy's Dark Tower. Like the the Bureau of Control is in this building that connects to all these other dimensions. There are explicit connections. Like Alan Wake turns up <laughs> in yes. this, and I believe the next DLC is going to involve the stuff that happened at Bright Falls in Alan Wake. Um, and there's also just like subtle connections, like. So I don't know if you both know this, but so Trench, the former director, is played by James McCaffrey, who is the voice actor who played Max Payne. And Casper Darling, in this totally show-stealing performance, Matthew Peretta, the actor who plays him, he played Alan Wake. So it's like Alan Hmm. Wake and Max Payne Ah, are like the two primary voice actors who are like accompanying Jesse on her journey. I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. Which feels like it ties together all of this stuff. So there's a ton of stuff like that that if you're like a super big Remini nerd like me, I just spent the whole (laughs) game being like, oh my god, like they're talking about Bright Falls, like just nerding out. And that was really, really cool, too. By the way, it's funny you mentioned Stephen King, because my favorite part of this game is the hotel that you wind up in sometimes, the motel you wind up in. And that just feels straight out of a Stephen King novel in in a lot of ways. Ocean View Hotel? Oh, yes. Um, But something Mm -hmm. I love about that is that, like, usually video game logic follows a lot of specific... Usually you know when you're seeing video game logic. Mm -hmm. Like, The Last of Us 2 is a perfect example. I'm sure a lot of you out there are playing this now. Um, But if you go... So if you wind up somewhere and, like, you see... a little triangle on a door like ne- near you you're it's like the game telling you this is the way to go right mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. that's clear video game logic we talked about this on our very ep- very first episode like the language of video games right right um this this motel follows no logic whatsoever and while you do you just go around and you have to like interact with random ass objects and then doors will open randomly and you yeah. have to figure out what the hell is going on i mean there's always like a rule but you would never have right. any way of knowing what it was no you have no no idea what it is and it changes every time you're like oh this time the stuff is going to be on the ceiling and like yeah. you have to figure out how to rearrange the room to be upside down it's yeah. I like incredible. That, um, <laughs> the sequence that I played you talked to Emily man we're going to get to the plot but you talked to Emily about her theories about what the Ocean View Hotel is and she's like well I actually have this whole theory that it's not a place it's like everything in this game is so vague she's like it's more of a, a construct or a conduit it's hard to put into words and then you just have this weird conversation where the two characters are like there's not even a way to describe what this weird interdimensional like hotel looking space slash conduit (laughs) amplifier is Uh and there's a lot of that in this game i think that like ambiguity 
Yes. Where you really don't know what the hiss is, even at the end, or what Polaris was, or like yeah, what the you hell don't is know. happening, what the board of directors like, is. I like, I beat the game, and I was like, mm-hmm. let me just quickly Google some stuff and see if I miss anything, and I did not. Like, I no. was like reading explainers, and I was yep. like, well, I, I got all that. Yep. I guess that's all there is, um, <laughs> and it's just going to be really yeah, weird. I love that in this age of like a video yeah. game codex that explains every damn thing, that in this game it's like, the hiss is a strange force. We don't really know. Yeah. So, so I made a lost comparison earlier with the Darby mm-hmm. initiative stuff, and that's obviously uh, apt. But I think that um, that my the thing that I thought about a lot while playing this game is the leftovers because it just yeah. the whole mm-hmm. thing. It reminds me of uh, the International Assassin episode when he's in the hotel, and it's just like right. everything is a metaphor, and you're just left to figure out what it all means. Like you just have to think about right, it. and like it's the magic of both things is that they don't over-explain what's going on. And the leftovers, mm-hmm. you're just left to draw your own conclusions in this really wonderful way that feels like you've been given a gift almost like here is a beautiful evocative idea do what Mm -hmm. you will with it and this game does that a lot too okay Mm -hmm. so let's get into the plot um we're gonna kind of i'm gonna try to break this into three sections since this plot just sort of goes as it goes and you explore the building as you explore but Mm -hmm. let's talk about the beginning in the opening jesse kind of arrives she's looking for her brother dylan she discovers the director trench dead in his office he appears to have committed suicide she picks up his pistol and it kind of is pulled it to the astral plane where you see that if you're if you have the subtitles on it's like the board is saying all this really confusing shit to you and you yes. basically go through a little shooting tutorial i mean they're, they're disguising tutorials here this is very video game logic you're like oh yes. okay so it's a yeah. tutorial i'm learning how to use the gun <laughs> yeah um, and then shortly after that she's attacked by the hiss which possesses people and like turns them red um she makes it to the executive area she clears it out she meets emily who is um what's emily's last name emily pope she's like the researcher i really like emily Emily. I like Emily more on my second time through. She's really cool. Yeah. And um, kind of starts with, like, you start to figure out what's going on. So this is kind of the beginning. What did you think? I guess, Maddie, you go first. What did you think when you were playing through just sure. this part of the game the first time? So I would say the coolest thing about this game is that Jessie has a lot of secrets that she's keeping yes. over the course of the game. Like, she's there to find her brother Dylan, but she doesn't tell anyone that right away because she knows that Dylan was taken by this organization. And she actually has a pretty good idea as to exactly why that happened. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't reveal it to the player or anyone that she's interrogating at first. And you don't Mm -hmm. find out what's really going on. You just know a little bit of her internal monologue. So when she's like going through this whole situation where she picks up the gun, she suddenly gets these superpowers. She finds it weird, but not that weird to the point where you're like, so Jesse's sort of aware that supernatural beings (laughs) exist Mm -hmm. and she is sort of scared of this building, but not that much. She finds some of this strange, but not that strange. And she knows more than she's letting on. And that means that every conversation that you have is it just is so much more compelling to you. Right, it's like a twofold mystery. Because you are waiting to find out what the deal is with the building from these characters that she's interrogating, yes. like Emily and everybody else that she meets. But also you're waiting for Jesse to reveal to you, the player, mm-hmm. why she's there, what the deal is. It just makes it so much more exciting. The, why the voice in well, who the voice yes. in her head is, who she's yeah. talking to. So, the whole yes. Time. And that's a big thing that she is not she is addressing you. She keeps <laughs> 
talking yeah. to essentially what feels like you, but you'll see the shimmer of Polaris, which uh-huh. clearly pretty early on, if you're at all like familiar with this kind of media, you're like, okay, well, that's something, something. speaking to her when it does that. And she's speaking with some other kind of a being. And mm-hmm. clearly she's hiding things. But yeah, I totally agree. I should also mention um, Ati, the janitor who she meets at the very beginning. That's a great scene. Yeah, that is technically who she meets first. Yes. Yeah. He's like, you're here for the job interview to be my assistant. And you're like, what does this <laughs> what? mean? <laughs> yeah. yeah <laughs> Who are you really, spooky. man? Ati is great. Yeah. 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 And then He's just the, the, the presentation from the start. I mean, it starts, it's so deadpan. Her delivery is so kind yes. of flat um, that it almost feels you're like, what is this? Like, is this just bad acting or like... What are they doing? And it starts with this very weird concrete building that looks super boring. I think the only shot of outside is at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. You walk into the lobby. There's nobody there. It's yeah. all you're just kind of like, what is happening? And then immediately, <laughs> like you see that weird shot of Adi where the camera is like zooming in on him past his shoulder, or like you'll see the when um, Trench talks and his like silhouette appears mm-hmm. projected on the wall, and you start to like see just these really weird things, and it. It kind of immediately puts you into a dreamlike state, I guess. Like, yeah. Which this whole game has dream logic, like throughout. Yeah, the whole game is a dreamlike state. I like how right. Jesse just accepts that she's the director with no reluctance. Or right. Like, no, she's just like, okay, I'm the director. Now. And then everyone accepts it, like the right. way that she calls it the hiss, and they're all like, "It's the hiss now," because you're the director. Yeah. And she's like, "Cool." <laughs> and it just kind of like goes from there. It's so strange. It's just such a. You see how it's like it's it's very very. They must have been inspired by the leftovers international assassin episode because it just feels so much like that like you're constantly in a dream like everything you say is just like deliberate and changes things yeah and, i mean yeah, i think so if you've so having you've played alan wake and like so sam lake one of the writers on this game definitely one of the creative forces behind a lot of these remedy games is definitely into twin peaks and that comes across obviously alan wake is like very very twin peaks influenced like aesthetically mm-hmm. as well it like looks like twin peaks but this has that too and i think twin peaks is another touch point like yeah. Insofar as like, I think the last the leftovers was influenced by Twin Peaks too. Like yeah, those episodes, I think you're right. like Twin Peaks has that dreamlike feeling too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but this game definitely is like hitting that super hard. Oh yeah. And even from the beginning, the hiss just doesn't seem like the point. As I'm, am I the only one who kind of was like, okay, like the hiss, I guess. Like there's yeah. this possessing. Another power. parallel, by the way, to The Last of Us too, is that the hiss <laughs> infect people, and like you have to wear <laughs> special things to like be immune from them. The games are the same. They're the they same. Identical. They're, <laughs> pretty much, they're pretty not. They're not. They're truly not. They're truly not. But I mean, I do feel like one similarity is just the way that information is doled out. I, I mean, I keep emphasizing it, but it's what I think works so well about control. And also, to your mm-hmm. point, Kirk, is why the hiss don't feel like the most interesting antagonist per se. Like the conflict resolution of the story is you understanding who Jesse is as a person and yeah. like understanding yep. why this building is the way that it is. And also, you never really fully find out because even the people who work at this building are also trying <laughs> to figure it out. So, this Right. The other great thing about this game that like you almost immediately start discovering is that like you walk around and you just pick stuff up and it's like just office papers, but it's like people describing what it's like to work at the yes. Federal Bureau of Control, which is like a place where office supplies randomly disappear or like our su- 
super powered or other <laughs> bizarre things happen. Like suddenly it's yeah. raining paper clips or whatever. And like, yeah. that's their lives. And so the office workers in this place, <laughs> the coffee machine is turned into an object of power. And right. Suddenly, like, yeah, <laughs> or like it's so suddenly funny. it's full of blood or whatever, but like they act as though these are the mundanities of their lives because mm-hmm. to them they are. And the idea that some of the best, by the way, writing in the game yes. is like that side stuff. Like anyone who's it's thinking so about playing great. it should go read everything as they go. It's yeah. such a reward though to be playing the game and like every hour or so I'd be like, let me just check out my collectibles and like settle in and like read all all the stuff I've collected yeah. over the past hour mm-hmm. so and good. just like enjoy it for a few minutes and then get back to the game. There's a specific brand of absurdity there. It's like the interoffice memo about the yes. dimensional like foot eating monster that's loose <laughs> in the cafeteria. Yeah. And like that is throughout the game. They also do a good job with redaction. There's a lot of yeah. they've doubled down or tripled down on like the mystery thing where you'll be reading something and just various words will just be redacted yep. and you know like maybe they wrote the whole thing with the word but they almost wrote around the whole on purpose just because mm-hmm. it's more fun if you don't know and you read it and you're like I don't know like what right. that could be but you're I guarantee you the way they wrote it was like like with writing brackets. Blank, with the yeah. blanks yeah like we're not gonna we don't need it. to yeah. tell people what it is yet yeah. um, which I enjoy and then yeah just the mundanity the mix of the mundane and the fantastic which is something that this this game just rides the whole way across the finish line. I mean, Maddie, you were talking about the objects of power. Yes. And specifically the 90s. I, I do think there's like a 90s quality to this just because there's like a, like a floppy disk is one of the first things that yeah. you get. And it's like this full-on floppy disk that I'm some people who play this game, I guess everyone knows what a floppy disk is, but will never have used one. Like, right. And it's very much like a millennial story. And I do like, even from the beginning, this is a kind of a more thematic thing. I believe this was an article that Gita wrote. Maddie, you'll maybe know better than I did at Kotaku. But it was cool because it was about... She kind of touched on the way that this story is kind of about a new generation taking over. And this is something that I noticed much more the second time I played it. Because the first time I was just so into the mystery. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, well, you know, what's like what's happening? And, and I wasn't paying that much attention to the characters. But the second time through, it's clear that Emily has been overlooked and kind of shut down a lot by Dr. Darling and is very yeah. frustrated by it. And she like... You know, if you, t- you do all the optional dialogue with her, she's very much like, well, I had this whole theory, but then that, you know, I pitched the idea and they were like, no, you can't do that. And you right. can tell she's kind of like, you know, Mist. mad about it. Like, yeah, yeah she's mad. <laughs> she's like, I wish I were in charge. And now she's like so excited that it's just her and there's a new director. And it's, you know, I don't think it's an accident that they're both women also. And like, it's kind of these two men, the director and Darling, who have like mm-hmm. caused this whole thing to happen. Or right. And like get into a it fight that causes all of these problems right, to happen right, in and, some ways. Right. Yeah. Open the door to the hiss. So I think that that's actually kind of a cool through line to the story as well. And I, I like Emily a lot more the second time like I'm just enjoying her as a character she's just sort of this like plucky slightly like maybe sociopathic person or she like (laughs) doesn't totally care about like people's lives or like she's right she's operating on her own frequency but it's like that's that's just how this world works though is that like reality kind of doesn't matter and like (laughs) life and death are sort of permeable in some way and so it's like everyone is existing in this weird version of an office (laughs) right uh, this like purgatorial world where they're like I don't know let's just Try this and see what happens. Maybe we'll die. It'll be fine, though. <laughs> if you think of the premise as essentially what happened, which is there is this just crazy interdimensional crossroads that we discovered, yeah. and then what we did was we turned it into an of like federal office building. And we it's would like, do that though, right? Like, and it it's feels like, like what we would do right, as right. people. We're like slowly kind of building out, but like the building itself is is this infinite 
space they just happen to have the like containment sector and the maintenance sector and like they've Mm -hmm. built reactors and offices but like none of it is supposed to be there really and like that as a result everyone right everyone's been like doing an office job in the most (laughs) ridiculous and wild environment possible and they've all just kind of lost (laughs) their sense of like what's happening and that really yeah is good by yeah, the way, it's good. worth noting, we remiss not to mention that House of Leaves, the book by Mark Z. Danieluski, I think is another big inspiration for this book. It's also oh, about like a, a labyrinth that is like constantly changing. I haven't read it either, but nice. uh, people talk about it as a, as a big inspiration for the game. Nice. Um, yeah, it's yeah. a great, I mean, it is a great video game premise, a building that can change itself into anything. Like, And <laughs> yeah. it gives you all those cool visuals of, you know, the like bricks slotting around and like rooms kind of reshaping themselves which is really Mm -hmm. cool Mm -hmm. good stuff all right so let's keep going through the story um so throughout this kind of first section i think maintenance is kind of the main section that you're going through and this Mm -hmm. is sort of where the structure of the game became clear to me like that it was a bit of a maddie what do i call it it's not what i want to say it's not the word i want to use it's a (laughs) no you can say it i don't really think it's a metroidvania because it's not a two-dimensional game but it is like a metroid prima like i i i think that's a strength but that also brings me to one of my few gripes about this game which Mm. is that i wish it were a little bit more metroidy in the sense that there are frequently times where it feels like there should be more than one way to get to a location and there is not Mm. that was Mm. one of the few frustrations that i ran into with this game would be that sometimes i'd be looking at the map i'd see where something was and i'd be like i should be able to get there but then it would be clear that the game wanted me to proceed and a very specific path mm-hmm. in order to get there. And it would like put a bunch of enemies in other places to ensure that I couldn't use those directions to get there. Or it would just like put a locked door somewhere where I was like, it'd just be cool if I could just get around this world a little bit better. And it almost mm-hmm. seems like it is that game because like there are the doors with different numbers on them. You get the key cards as you level up and you you get to unlock more and more doors. And I was like, oh, cool. Like this is very metroid Like eventually I'm going to be able to go anywhere and do anything and it almost is that but it's also kind of not like it's a little bit more linear than that and that's mm-hmm. that's fine it's it's just a limitation that the game has but um it was one of the few moments of frustration that i would have for, for a building that can be all like that is infinite and can morph right. you would think that there would be more possibilities i think part of the problem is that the map kind of sucks which yeah. makes it harder to navigate in the first place yeah I, it's it's weird because i think that the way that the map is implemented is great like that you press a button and it just comes up actively over the world <laughs> I love, well, I'll talk about this maybe a little later, but I love the names of some of the, the like, rooms and the areas are just, yeah. like, incredible. The pan- the Panopticon. Yeah. Like, there's just, like, really cool, a lot of cool <laughs> And they words wait on the to reveal those names to you, which I also really enjoy. Mm-hmm. Like, you get to a location, everything is question oh. marks, and eventually you see everything. Yes. And well, and you I, walk I mean, into a room fun. and the, the greatest thing in the game happens is when it drops that huge font on the screen in front of yes. you and you're like, oh, hell yes, I'm in a new room. <laughs> the font, yeah, the title cards are oh, amazing. amazing in this game. Yeah. Uh, don't get me started there so good so um which they're typefaces right not fonts i believe i right. saw that correction made a lot mm-hmm. when we were all talking about how good the fonts in the game are and people mm-hmm. are like actually it's a typeface it's not a font. fine they're typefaces whatever typefaces. they're good okay wonderful good. typefaces in control. <laughs> so i do think that so this section when you're going through maintenance maintenance is probably the least interesting looking of any of the maps of any of the like sectors in the oldest house and 
it's probably fine because you're i was so drawn in in the beginning that i was like whatever but i definitely got lost like i'm looking at the map you're in like nsc energy converters i just have these memories of like being like yeah. where is that again <laughs> like where yeah. the hell am i am in a room with a furnace and kind of trying to so they kind of hold the cooler areas because i think that like containment and research are both super cool and when you get to mm-hmm. research is when the game really clicks in i think which mm-hmm. happens sort of shortly after maintenance she goes to maintenance because the whole building's gonna blow up they're like you got to get down there and fix something it feels all fairly tutorially like you're getting your bearings Very video gamey yeah but that's also when you run into that like giant beast thing in the in the pipe area and it's like uh remember, oh, right, remember that right. giant monster that comes out right and- that like you have to like kind of coax it around through yeah. the through the tunnels the yeah. muck um, that thing it's yeah. like slime yeah it's just like kind of yeah. sentient slime yeah. i don't so think it's called that i don't know what it's game. called <laughs> yeah. well that's the thing is they don't need to explain anything it's kind of yeah. like the game's ultimate card that it comes back to is like well whatever it's just a weird thing it could come from a different dimension who knows yeah, yeah whatever anything can happen here <laughs> right so after maintenance though that's where she reopens all the other sectors and that's where it feels like oh shit okay so we're gonna go to all these different sectors we're gonna get different powers it's mm-hmm. gonna be a metroid primal like sort of mm-hmm. um even though i do agree it, it didn't quite feel as fleshed out like I'd, i never quite felt like i could just go anywhere i know and i kept wanting it to open up right. to that level where i felt like i could just explore anywhere I wanted to go but like Mm -hmm. they really do have enemies spawn in areas you're not supposed to be in like fairly frequently I don't know if you guys tried to explore the game that much when you were like in the midst of a quest but they kind of titrate out the the storyline beats for you and make it harder for you to do that by just Mm -hmm. being like yeah because they don't want you to get lost through this giant world right of course and they also want you to like just keep doing the actual <laughs> quests in the game. Yeah. <laughs> right. um, but there are so there are a couple of places where it's like there are clear obstacles, Metroid style, that is like, okay, I need to get a power mm-hmm. before I can overcome like I this. can't jump but in across general, this. Right. It doesn't yeah, it doesn't happen very often and it's not super interesting when it does. I actually think of, of recent games, God of War did that a lot better. It it had a lot more like distinct um obstacles that you could get past and Right. And it was much more video gamey about it where you're like, Oh, here's the clear cut like thing that I'm going to be able to mm-hmm. break once I get whatever the power up is for my yeah, axe. Right, yeah, right. yeah. Which I think you need to I mean for a Metrovania you need to be like you need to be very video gamey and that you need to show the yeah. like it needs right. to be a distinct looking thing it can't just look like part of the scenery otherwise you'll be super Mm -hmm. confused right so i think that it's in research so after this she's she heads to research she is looking for um, marshall who is like one of the higher ups um, Mm -hmm. at the fbc and she's like learning stuff about dylan somewhere in here this is where she like learns that dylan was a prime candidate to be management yeah marshall Marshall, is the first character she interrogates who actually knows the answers to these who like starts telling her things yeah marshall is is kind of the hard ass lady who's like down (laughs) because she's trying to handle the like fungal outbreak is that her am i Mm -hmm. right in that the mold yeah (laughs) which speaking of the last of us god it really is like the last of us it's exactly the same you're right it's it's amazing naughty dog copied this entire (laughs) game we're discovering (laughs) we're discovering a scandal here in real time um the mold area was somewhere where i went too early because Mm -hmm. i figured out a way to before you get you know you get like the slow fall before you get the flying before when you get that Mm -hmm. that's when you can drop down that big long elevator shaft to Mm -hmm. get to her but there was a way i I think I did this where I figured out how to get down there. You can like drop really carefully 
to things. I hope I'm not misremembering this and telling people something that's impossible, but I'm pretty sure I got down there before I was supposed to. You probably and did. Those, um, I hadn't upgraded the gun, and like those fungal things were just wrecking me. Like I, I would just get killed like instantly and didn't have any of the tools that I needed. How did you get out? Uh, there's a fast travel point down there. So, oh, like, so you managed you get to get to one way. of those. And, mm-hmm. yeah, but I did get down there, and I was like, oh, look, I did it. And then I was like, not supposed to be there. So... Um, <laughs> Research, though, is cool. Research is where I think my favorite room in the game is, and that's the insane recording studio. <laughs> like, the room with, like, um, like sound foam on the walls and the two huge speakers, and it's, like, all yellow, and then there's yeah, just this the Kirk room. chair in the middle. I was like, I love this room. Like, I bet this room sounds so good. And there's a button you press, and it, like, starts playing some song, and yeah. the little note is, like... Like, how did you feel when you heard the song? Did it make you think of anyone? Like, it's just all these weird kind of leading questions. Yeah, it felt yeah. like a torture chamber. It was like psychological torture thing. Yeah. Um, I very much enjoyed that. So that's kind of the end of the first part of the, of the, of the um, game. So second part goes uh, basically through the rest of research and into containment. So research is also, I should say, where we've like really met Dr. Darling. We've like mm-hmm. watched a lot of his videos. Research was Dr. Darling's area. Mm-hmm. So from there she goes to containment sector because that's where Dylan is. And um and kind of goes through the containment sector. And I feel like we should talk about the containment sector. I feel like containment sector is the best part of this game. Am it I right? Might that's be. like the meat of the game. It has the coolest named areas. It's pretty cool. I mean, I feel like discovering the quarry, which I guess is also in the containment sector. Yeah, the is quarry is pretty cool. The coolest part mm-hmm. of it. I think it might but be the, technically in the maintenance floor, it but it's be, like yeah. you get there after containment. But the containment sector, that's the one with like the huge circle, right? Mm-hmm. And then there's the like all the these yeah. different rooms around it that you're like, okay, so I can go into these different rooms. And and one of them, I mean it's just like it's just cool that you learn learn more and more about what is going on as you go. I keep mm-hmm. saying that, but it but it owns. And the quarry, there's all these weird rocks. Like you have to collect these rocks in order oh, to make right. these devices that protect people from the hiss. And you're oh, watching all these videos from the Dr. Darling about how controversial yeah, these devices are. And it's mm-hmm. like, oh, do they really help you or not? And like, is it perhaps unethical that we're like inventing these devices? And who can truly say? I, I have no <laughs> freaking idea still. And I, I've beaten the game and I'm still like, I don't really know what any of this stuff does. So, I mean, if you wore a Hadron, <laughs> what is it, Hadron amplification yeah. resonator or something? If you weren't one of those, you were alive. And if you didn't, the hiss like killed exactly. you. So, like, it was probably a good idea to invent them, um, at least in this Probably, concept. yeah. And so he's he's forcing everybody to wear these, and people yeah. are like worried about their privacy and concerns. You know the sorts of office office concerns you might have. Um, and so you have to you have to get some of these rocks so that you can continue to develop these things to pr- protect people from the hiss. So you're sort of learning mm-hmm. more and more about the world and like the weird technology that they've invented, and you just see these these series of images like the the enemies continue to change and get weirder Mm -hmm. and spookier you've had a couple boss fights by this point enemies can fly now they're way harder to kill when they can fly and it's annoying they're good at dodging your thrown but you get better and better at it eventually you can level up your um some of them have way too much health yeah, some of them do. Eventually, you can level up your launch power, 
And you can also get the seize power. These these mm-hmm. were my favorites. I don't know what yes. you guys' loadouts were. No, yeah, seize is a game changer. Seize yep. is great, but launch was the one that I leveled up all the way because throwing stuff at people with my telekinetic powers was like yes. the most pleasing thing ever. And I just, it never got old. It gets and to the sound design. Well, the, the way that this game has made it so that the levels, like that they just get ripped apart as yes. you fight through each room <laughs> is bonkers. Like playing this with like all the like ray tracing and stuff on PC, where just like it looks so good which is funny because i think this game was actually like a comparatively small team and like a kind of a smaller budget it's like a double a game it is yeah and mm-hmm. they made it in only three years and they they like specifically tried to make this game like in a healthy way which when i read about that i was like oh yeah. that's great it's nice especially because like once <laughs> so many of the storytelling techniques aren't the things that are super time intensive and expensive yeah. it's like just have the guy read his lines into a microphone and then project an outline on the wall yeah. but it's so much cooler than like if we got a like really carefully rendered thing or the live action video it's like let's just yeah. shoot scenes of the actor like well, being funny on camera it's also um, the perfect length i think that's the biggest yes. thing and the biggest reason they were able to do all this cool stuff is because it never outweighs wears it's welcome right it never wears out it's welcome you got um, there in the end. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not short but it's like it's the yeah 17 hours or it's so like, i feel like mm-hmm, is how long yeah, it took me i think it took me 15 maybe i felt like it did drag a little bit towards the end that's a good length though i think but like yeah under 20 15 hours is, is a perfect great for like for a, a triple a game, game mm-hmm. yeah these days. it's Unless amazing it's like, if you want to do all the extra stuff you can it's yeah. like rare yeah. is the game that deserves to be and usually it's like a very special game that should be like like a witcher 3 that should be that long but like control is the perfect right. length and even the witcher 3 doesn't need to be that long like right. you know it could be but right. like that i'll take i'll take 80 hours of like yeah. cyberpunk when that comes out that's fine 80 hours is great well, for that. we'll see but or like, maybe it'll be terrible but yeah i think the thing i like about containment is just the cells and the fact that you'll like look yeah <laughs> there's just these endlessly funny things of like this research cell and in the middle is just like a merry-go-round horse <laughs> and it's yes. just sitting there yeah. and it's like that's a dangerous thing watch out for that merry-go-round horse or the flamingo <laughs> or like a little rubber ducky <laughs> the rubber ducky oh my god yeah. yes yeah, the that's the best one <laughs> It reminds me of um, the uh, the Vorpal Rabbit or Vorpal Bunny in Monty Python, where it's like oh, this, yeah. you're like, beware of the most dangerous creature ever, and this little bunny like comes but over. But then it is, mm-hmm. and it's like murdering yes. people. Yeah, yes, it's, exactly. It's that, but with a rubber duck and also a fridge yep. and a series yep, yep, of yep, other yep. mundane objects. Yeah. Now this is also where, and I didn't find this on my playthrough, but eventually the, uh, you find Alan Wake. It's like a page from his book. Oh, did you not then, find it? No, I didn't find it when I was actually playing the game. Like oh, I, oh. I looked it up and found it later. But um, it's uh, you like find it and then like Alan Wake reads a page from his book and you even see like a you know a projection of him on the wall, mm-hmm. uh, which is which is pretty funny. And it's also just very there's a lot of narrating in this game. And Alan mm-hmm. Wake, of course, is like this famously like ponderous. Was I in the story or was I making the story? <laughs> I didn't know what to do next, you know. And it's like it's very much like this quintessential Ellen Wake um, excerpt, which I God, I have to play that game. Yeah. Uh, have you never played it? Oh, it's no. It's not. I mean, it's all of these games are cool. I think Remedy has a really specific approach to designing games that are consistent across them, and they don't give a shit about trends. And I really like that. This game feels a lot like Max Payne. Like it, they're all like the combat in them is all like you have to just go into it. Alan Wake is like a little more survival horror because you have to like burn the darkness off enemies with your flashlight and then you can shoot them. So there's a little more like backing up mm-hmm. horror style. But in Max Payne, you know, that was the bullet time game. So in Max Payne, you like mm-hmm. jump in and go into slow motion and have to be really aggressive. You can't take cover. And in this game, it's the same thing. Like enemies drop health. It's kind of like Doom. Like yeah. enemies drop health and you have to run over them to you get You got to keep moving all the time. Moving, yeah, moving, you're... moving, yeah. 
I mean, you can play in a variety of different ways. And I, I feel like some people found control really hard that I've just talked to anecdotally. Like some friends found it really it hard. It doesn't have variable difficulty also. It's just one difficulty. Yeah. It does not. You cannot change it. And I think it I think it really benefits a player like me, actually, who prefers to run around a lot in combat and really mm-hmm. get in there with like sort of a shotgun style melee based playthrough is how I right, like right. to play this kind of action game. And this game really rewards that. Like the yeah. first couple hours are quite difficult because you don't have power hours and so all you can do is just like hang back and shoot people and be like it doesn't really quite feel like a cover shooter so it doesn't really feel like it's designed for that but then as soon as you start getting those powers the game just Mm -hmm. rules because you can just get in the mix and start you know throwing boxes at people and hitting them and stuff and like floating around and like just basically getting right in there but if you don't play the game that way it's really freaking hard (laughs) like Mm -hmm. you can't just hang back you'll never get any health there's no recharging health in this game it can be tough and you're pretty squishy like you take you'll take like one hit and suddenly be in the red and then it's a Uh panic feeling I was having this even playing it just recently I started playing and just got wrecked I was like oh god right because yeah. I'd sort of just been playing other games. I was like, this game... Like, I mean, also, like, again, the beginning of this game, pretty tri- yeah. pretty tricky. I, I pretty thought tricky. it was tricky. It's like Well, because you... you're playing... You, like, don't have the mechanic... You're playing a ground-based, cover-based shooter, but you don't even... You can't even you take cover. You don't yeah. Because you're supposed to have all these abilities eventually. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. the tricky thing for those, those first few hours. So yeah. the rest of... So as she goes through containment, I'll just sort of recap the story here. She, she goes to find Dylan. She finally gets there. You go through... You, like, turn that turntable and, like, go through all these different parts of containment containment mm-hmm. section like takes a long time it does and then you finally get there and it's like oh he actually just turned himself in like he surrendered yes and so it's this kind of anticlimax, which fits a little bit with how this... But it's not because he's also been taken over by the hiss, and that's, like, sad and scary. No, right, right. <laughs> so you're like, damn, It's just right. sort of not, like, the culminating event you were hoping for, right? It's right. instead this, like, oh, shit, no, he's, like, totally screwed, and right. that's yeah. not, like, it's, it's like he wasn't the objective really to begin yeah. with like the objective is the mystery is ongoing like at least at this point I remember kind of being like but what's going on like okay well there's my brother and this is taking him over but like but what's happening <laughs> like, right. where are we going like what's the story so yeah she goes and finds him there's that he's being very creepy um, mm-hmm. I like how they designed him his sort of weird like smiling yes just look yep. in the sweatsuit it's and, very spooky mm-hmm. I, I like the way that Jesse, the actress reacts to him when she first sees him too because mm-hmm. she smiles in relief that her brother is alive and then she it just falters into this sad expression because she's like he's been taken over by the Shit. hiss so yeah. he may as well not be alive i don't know i just thought it was this really touching moment in a game that doesn't really give her that many chances to emote because so much of the time she's like pretending to be someone else or like putting on a brave face trying to be the director and so you don't really have that many tender moments with her but this scene is like one of the few times when you do get that and i thought it worked really well um i also think like some of the stuff is revealed here about their their childhood and like yeah. you're starting mm-hmm. to get some sprinklings in of what exactly happened How and that both of them connected. were a part in ordinary Wisconsin their hometown yeah, their ordinary town. Wisconsin I love <laughs> their it. hometown is called ordinary and they were both involved in some type of supernatural event as children so like I think 17 you can find this ago. out earlier I think I remember like reading stuff that like hints yeah, at the ordinary you, yeah. event or something yeah, like that yeah, definitely yeah, yeah. you have a pretty big sense that there was an ordinary AWE altered yes. world event that yes. happened and it's connected to a pretty 
projector, which is right. somewhere in the building as well. And right. we don't know what the deal is with that yet. But we, we can sort of guess here, like, oh, the two of them are special in some way. They've had some mm -hmm. type of supernatural event that allows both of them to be considered possible director candidates right. and also mm -hmm. maybe could explain some of Jesse's powers. And that's cool. So it's just introducing more more of the mystery. Yeah, I like that like probably the most powerful um object of power in this game is a slide projector. Like it's just another piece of like very 80s 90s technology uh -huh. and <laughs> it relies around these slides that you have to put yep. into it because each slide opens a portal to like another dimension, yep. which is actually like even in this multidimensional space a really rare thing. I mean, the isn't the the slide projector is like how the hiss actually invaded. Like that yes. was like what set this whole thing off. Mm -hmm. Was that yep. it's like even for all these powerful you know whatever flamingos and tvs yeah the slide the, projector the projector is some shit <laughs> stands above them all you gotta watch out for the slide projector. <laughs> yeah. okay so she needs to go get the slide projector and that leads her to the most awesome thing that's ever happened in a video game <laughs> which, ah, which is mr. The, mr hyperbole over nah, here. I'm, I'm kidding um i mean i don't know maybe i'm not but it's i really really like it well she she gets the walkman from yes Audie. so did you ever try to? Did you try to go through the ashtray maze before yes, you get the I did. Walkman? Did you? I did too. I did. Yeah. And I was like, I know I can get through this, and I was like, really trying. What happens? The song doesn't play, and you can't figure it out. I mean, you basically right. can't do it without the. It's walkman. You go in a circle. Right. It just yeah. takes you, just you in a series of strange circles, and you just mm -hmm. end up back where you started again, and you're like, fine. And I, yeah. I was like, I can't, I can't figure this out. Maybe I'm missing something. But, but I just if you do on. have Walkman, then it starts playing this amazing like metal song that yeah. is like themed around that singing. About the game and about right. it's it's I incredible know. about control. It's amazing. And someone, I really want to know how Ati got a Walkman that plays a song about the game itself. Well, it's kind of a fourth wall break a little sense. bit. No, it yeah. makes perfect sense. And it's kind of like the like the idea is right that the Walkman itself is like a lot of the stuff is frequencies. I mean, like Polaris is kind of like a resonance frequency, and the hiss is even a resonance. Like it starts mm -hmm. resonating in our minds and takes us over. And also Hadron, which is its game. own like being or maybe frequency these are all these vague things maybe like is polaris also unclear right like yeah. the hadron right polaris is maybe coming through hadron or like yeah. hadron and polaris are the same thing it's all Who very knows? vague <laughs> so like maybe so listen it makes sense that listening to music would be what you would need yeah. to like get resonating at the right frequency but yeah. it kicks ass because then you, you're, you have this like rock music playing while you play through the most like bodacious fight which scene. has never happened like the right. extent to which it is surprising in that moment or at least surprised me yeah. that, like suddenly my speakers which i've like turned all the way up because i like listening to like super evocative uh -huh. like it's just like rocking out and then suddenly this like freaking metal song kicks up and you're just like streaming through this maze just wrecking guys and right. just like jumping around it's like it feels like it's out of a completely different game, but like in the best way. It's like the game is just rewarding you for like getting as powerful as you've gotten. And it's just like, right. listen to this sick metal song and just fucking wreck everybody. It's the coolest. It feels amazing. They did do, there is a history of this somewhat in that in Alan Wake, there's the sequence where you have to defend a rock stage and like you start playing the music. And so you're like, it's one of the most overwhelming fights. And there's a million guys in like the band that there's a kind of a running theme this band i'm forgetting what they're called right now the knights of valhalla or something like that um but they're like their music starts playing and so there's this like rock song playing and you're blowing stuff up so they've kind of experimented with it but not on this level and like yeah the visual design that sequence
sense. I mean, the music is cool. The fact that you have all your powers is cool. The way it's designed is cool. But, like, just the way that, like, the walls split open and then go mm-hmm. sideways and, like, all these little windows open up and guys come through Very Escher, Escher painting. Yeah. yeah Holy shit. I mean, I like playing it. I'm like, this looks cooler than anything I played, like, that whole year. Games yeah. that cost so much more that were, like, so much more seen as being amazing. I was like, this sequence just... I don't know. Knocked me yeah. on my ass. Thought it was really great. Cool. Extremely good. So, <laughs> though she gets to the to the where the slide projector is supposed to be, it is not there. Mm-hmm. And um, this section, man, I read the recap. I'm just sort of basing this off of like wiki recaps because this is where it, it gets a little harder to follow. Only because yeah. you're so in the realm of like ambiguity. But then big things are happening, you know, like she gets taken over by or she discovers who Polaris is. Right. Well, so Polaris is what Polaris is just her name for Hedron. Hedron is what like other people call this thing. This right? being. This being. They're yeah. the same and thing. Polar- I feel and like Hedron I think they are. I don't know. They are okay. the same thing because oh, okay. Hedron is protecting her from the Hiss. And then yes. so when the Hiss kill Hedron, they're then able to invade her. And that's and then at the end of the game, that's when you get trapped in that world. Right, right, right. Before we get to that, there's sort of a series of other reveals that I mean maybe these things were hinted at but they were at least surprising to me were you eventually find this audio recording that's like Jesse talking to her therapist and I Mm -hmm. I feel like that was the first moment when I realized fully the extent to which they had been tracking her entire life Mm -hmm. like I felt like that had been sort of implied but it wasn't until I got to that recording that I was like this is really messed up like they have a recording of her talking to her therapist like what? And she's talking about the the ordinary event and Polaris and how Polaris is in her head and her therapist is like, these are delusions and we can't let you leave the clinic mm-hmm. that you're staying in until you're, you know, in a, in a healthier place. And like, Jesse basically describes in that recording, she reveals to you what, what you didn't previously understand, or at least what I didn't previously understand, which is that Polaris is some type of being that she and Dylan interacted with when they were playing with the projector as children right. and like traveling to all these other locations. And Polaris is the being that's protecting her and told her to go to this building at this specific time on the specific mm-hmm. day. And like now by this point in the game, we know that it's because that's the day she could become the director, get all right. the superpowers that she needed in order to find her brother. And like, After that point, I was just like, okay, it's all falling into place. (laughs) Like, finally, I feel like I understand what I'm even doing here. And that's about as much of an explanation as you're going to get. That's what I just said. No, that's true. And I mean, so that's the Jesse side of things. And you also get the revelations about the, like, director, like, Bureau of Control side of things, which is that Darling was going increasingly off the reservation and like yes. after he got the projector from the you know ordinary the ordinary, or, yeah, the event, ordinary yeah. event um he starts traveling through and like going on sojourns through mm-hmm. to get to i think they only have the one slide because jesse destroyed the other slide yeah she burns all the other ones yeah right so they can only go to this one place but they're like we're gonna go through which is very stranger things or like i mean mm-hmm. stranger things was stealing from a bunch of the similar source material sure, but yeah. reminds me of it where it's like okay we've got this portal let's just send people through and see what let's happens let's just see what happens yeah you get a, I'm remembering <laughs> this I think it's the last scene of him because he's now gone he's like gone through yes. and he's somewhere in the astral plane is he in his underwear and he's like crying and talking to the camera am I like remembering this correctly <laughs> that there's like this wild cut I don't remember if he's in his scene. underwear or not but that might be there. there there are definitely some wild cut scenes the last one that I remember is the one where he's in Jesse's head and he sings a song do you remember oh, when he Jesus. sings the song i can't yeah. wait to get to this on my replay i can't <laughs> this, i love i love replaying this this game. moment was my actual favorite moment was yeah. the song that dr darling sings <laughs> <laughs> dr darling is the best he's so good 
Such a so good he actor. sings this song with the lyrics of which are Jesse Faden is dynamite. And it, it, you see him singing this song to you while you're in the Ocean View Motel. And so mm-hmm. then at the end of it, I think Jesse has some joke that she says to herself where she's like, well, I guess it's weird because it's inside my own head or whatever she says there. <laughs> or it's like, clearly Dr. Darling never recorded this song or sang this or thought this, but it's like sort of an amalgamation of all the other ways that we've seen Dr. Darling behave where he's like really corny and goofy as a person so like mm-hmm. maybe he would have sung this song but yeah he, he definitely like increasingly gets intoxicated by this slide projector and just allows it although I don't mm-hmm. know I think Trench is more the person who's bad he than really Darling. Lost, he lost his yeah, mind yeah well Trench is yeah Trench was ultimately responsible for like letting yes. in he like intentionally lets in the hits right. like that's yeah it's entirely and that's revealed right. so like yeah so after you wind up like winding up invading by the hiss you wind up like this is where things get way off the rails you wind up going to the astral plane and like fighting Dylan and yes. then eventually you get trapped in this loop or is the loop before you fight Dylan I don't even no, remember it's, which it's, it's after uh, yeah because the loop is like the yeah. last thing yeah the loop is the last thing in the game and I actually didn't like this part of the game I, I kind of felt like the ending was kind of like a, the one thing I didn't love about this game I agree that was my other complaint was that I felt like the end was kind of anticlimactic actually yeah. once you yeah. finally get to the real ending but yeah mm-hmm. well yeah because I was like so enraptured by this loop and it's just like repeating itself and it's like holy shit what's gonna happen what's gonna happen and then so the loop that you're talking about is where she's being an office drone and like has to get the mail it's at the very end she's at the office yeah so she's not the director anymore no she's, she's at office the office drone. she has to like yeah go around collecting things for a while she has to do it like three times these like endless tasks like can you yeah. get coffee and there's just like get more coffee can you deliver this mail? you just click on a thousand coffee cups yeah and yeah. she has to do it three times and so for me that whole part was like I was excited the whole time because I was expecting some mind blowing thing to happen but then at the end of it she just kind of gets to the office and like the dude is there and I think he shoots himself or like he shoots she shoots her she sees him shoot himself and then the game just ends there like it's kind of it's a very strange I think there's the I think there's another boss fight at the end of that and then the game just suddenly ends and it's like Dylan's Mm -hmm. in a coma now I'm the director of the entire building and I have to keep fighting the hiss and then it Mm -hmm. ends and it's right. like very sudden. It is very <laughs> abrupt. Yeah, I was expecting yeah. usually when like like when a story does that sort of thing of like a loop with like mundane yes. activities and like nothing's what it seems. Usually it ends in some sort of mind-boggling twist that like makes you like completely like look at everything in a different way and I was kind of mm-hmm. hoping or expecting something like that um, mm-hmm. but whatever I mean that doesn't like invalidate how awesome the rest of the game uh, is. the rest of the game's already rules so right it's kind of it is yeah. they're in a tricky position where like when the game ended I was like I am excited that we now have this set like mm-hmm. you wanted more you wanted the yeah. sequel you want control too when I'm like right it's like Jesse is the director of essentially the building of infinite possibility so <laughs> mm-hmm. where anything can happen and like we've, we've done a lot of groundwork we've established who she is they can establish any new mystery they want they can do I was like I want DLC I want to go do a million new missions in this crazy place I want to mm-hmm. see all this cool stuff and like feeling like I was just so excited to have been introduced to this world, especially given that it's like the Dark Tower of Remedy. Oh, <laughs> like yeah. Just being in that and being like, oh my god, this exists now. This game is probably going to hopefully be successful enough that they'll keep making them. I, that yeah. made me excited. But <laughs> you're right that like considering how well the whole thing works as a story, 
it even though it doesn't have like these super clear characters and like arcs it more just like is this journey of discovery mm-hmm. the fact that it ends just sort of with like a new baseline and then it's over is a little mm-hmm. anticlimactic it's kind of like an introduction almost like the whole game could be viewed as like a first act like and then it ends at the end of the yeah. first act and it's like what happens next or like a first season of something yeah it does feel like a season of tv that's very true yeah so yeah that's that's a good good analogy um but it's so the dlc you said was disappointing that's too bad yeah tell us about the dlc i so i haven't finished it but i started it um this is called foundation and the thing, it, it was instructive to play. I haven't finished. I'll go back. A weird thing about this game, um, this is true, I think, on consoles and PC, is that there's only one save file. Mm. So if you want to start a new game, you have to erase your progress. Oh. And um, you can do a thing where you, like, save it onto a thumb drive. Like, people have worked out all the ways of, like, you know, pulling it off and then putting it back <laughs> yeah. on so you can go between two games. Is that you what you're doing? do the same doing? thing on PC. Yeah, I've, like pull them out into a separate folder to save them and I'll have to like manually copy them back and forth which just is weird I don't know why that's yeah, the case yeah that's too bad yeah so I've got that game saved but I've started a new one and in the DLC you go down into you know, so that one of the coolest areas actually we didn't talk about this is that like foundation area where it's just this like huge endless dark space with massive pillars and mm-hmm. it just goes on forever you take that totally cool like gondola ride through yeah while well, you listen and, to the um, song i mean there's mm-hmm. so many great songs God, in yeah. this game i guess we yeah there's definitely things we haven't hit but um, you go back down there and then you go into these like caves and you find a new thing and it all it's to do with marshall and it's cool like lore wise related mm-hmm. to things happening you know um in the building but it's not you're never at least the parts that i've played I'm never in the actual building. And when Mm. I went back to the main game and was playing it, I was like, this is the game. Like, the game needs to have this feeling of, like, walking into a new area and seeing, like, this wild office building. Like, that's just such an an integral part of the experience. They're saving that for the sequel. That when you're in caves, yeah, it doesn't feel that way. I'm definitely going to play the next DLC, and I'm sure I'll finish this one, too. Yeah, there's another DLC that I think is another, like, story-based one. I got the season pass, so... Yeah, Kirk, you said it was Alan Wake, right? It was like I believe that it is, yeah. I think it's called uh, AWE, and I believe that it somehow is going to relate to the Alan Wake stuff. I don't know about directly, but it's also going to carry on the story. I think it's going to be more narrative. I should go play that game. I should go play Alan Alan Wake. I think you'd dig it. It's fun. Any writer would like it, because it's, like, very funny. Look at writers and... Yeah. And like in a silly way, like he's like not a very good writer, but there's a lot of talk of him writing. I, mean, I think the first two words are Stephen King. It's like Stephen King once said, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. It's yeah, like, <laughs> I mean, I feel like I didn't give it enough credit when I played it. It was like years ago and I just, yeah. I, I thought it was really silly and I feel like I wrote it, it off. Is. But I, I also am more willing to go along with something corny at this point in my life. So mm-hmm. I feel like if I played it again, I would probably really love it and like pretty understand cool. what it was trying to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I should also play Alan Wake. We should all play Alan Wake. Let's play Alan Wake guys let's yeah. do it all those games are good i mean max Payne is good too another spoiler cast in the future it's funny <laughs> you know people think of max Payne as this like john woo hard-boiled cop game which it is but also even max Payne has these wild sequences where like he takes drugs and then you go into this like nightmare world or there's these like nightmare sequences where they're kind of bad you're like platforming but they've been doing like weird supernatural shit from the beginning like it's always been this part of their games like this total weirdness mixed in with kind of like hard-boiled action and stuff yeah. so yeah mm-hmm. i love it they're i love good. it um, yeah it's great cool well yeah control good ass video game um good ass video game people should no play doubt it. about if it if you made it this far yet you haven't played it go play it you'd probably yeah, still really it like it you'll, you'll totally still like it honestly like spoiled. everything we just all the beans we just spilled 
it wouldn't matter a whit if you played it again it would still be just as cool if you'd never played it yeah because that's what's cool about the game is is the experience of playing um cool so our next spoiler cast will be the last of us part two what's the spoiler cast the beans cast um we'll be spilling the beans on the last of us part two so finish if you want to hear that and and catch up with it or don't finish it and just hear what we have to say about it do whatever you want i was gonna say i was gonna say finish it by the end of july that's when we'll be running our beans cast on the last of us part two so that's your deadline say middle to the end of july maybe a little earlier than this one otherwise thank you so much for subscribing to the show we very much appreciate it yeah thanks for being a max fun member we we really appreciate it yeah you are the best and we will see you all next time yep see you next time bye Triple Click is produced by Jason Schreier, Maddie Myers, and me, Kirk Hamilton. I edited and mixed the show and also wrote our theme music. Our show art is by Tom DJ. Triple Click is a proud member of the Maximum Fun Podcast Network. And if you like our show, we hope you'll head over to MaximumFun.org join and consider becoming a member. Doing so helps support us and gets you access to an exclusive Triple Click episode each month. Find us online at TripleClickPodcast.com, on Twitter at TripleClickPod, and send email to TripleClick at MaximumFun.org. Thanks for listening. See you next time. MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.